Good morning, Bridge Church. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. That means we can trust God in every season because no matter what it looks like right now, He's up to something good. Amen? Let's praise Him. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. When I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. Oh, when I'm broken and down to nothing, I know that you are always up to something
24 through 26 says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
Messiah, our Jesus, He is for you. And this morning, as, as I'm singing this, I, I just can't help but to think, if He is for me, what else do I need? Oh man, the whole world could be against me, but if He's for me, I'm going to be okay. And this morning, 
find peace in that. He, God, the Almighty God, the Creator of the universe is for you. And He loves you so much. And Jesus loves you so much. And if it was just you, and if it was nobody else, He still would have come and He still would have died for you. So take comfort in that. Maybe you feel like the whole world's against you. Maybe you feel like everything is coming, collapsing around you. Today, know this. Even if you might feel that way, it is okay because our God is for you and he's with you and he's beside you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left you. And on top of it all, he wants to bless you. Did you know that, church? Did you know our God wants to bless you? Oh, it is so amazing. So this morning, take comfort in that. Get peace in that. Get confidence in that. Let's pray. God, you're so good. We love you so much. And God, even beyond just coming and saving us, you love us and you're with us and you never leave us. And you also want to bless us. Oh, you're so phenomenal. You're so big. You're so mighty. You're so strong. And all the while, you're for me. You're for us. So we find peace in that today. We love you and we praise you and we worship you right here where we're at. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on on the other side of that screen. Give God praise that he deserves this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Church, we are so excited to be joining you today in your home. Thank you for coming and allowing us to to join you right there in your home with your family for church online. We got a great morning planned for you today. Before we get into the message, let's watch church news together. Bridge family, we're so glad that you're joining us today for Church Online. Before we get into the message, we want to keep you up to date with what's going on in church life. We look forward to being able to meet in person again on Sunday mornings, but until then, we're excited for the opportunity to connect with you online throughout the week. Here's a look at what's going on here at The Bridge. We hope you'll join us and stay plugged in. God has tremendously blessed our community care program. Each week, God is abundantly supplying food and resources so that we can bless others. We also want to take time to thank our volunteers who have been on the front lines during this unusual season. Your selflessness and servant hearts shine each and every week as you bless our community. Your positive attitudes, prayers, kind words, and smiles are giving people hope to go on through a difficult season. Thank you for your dedication of showing up every week and making an impact in the lives of others. On behalf of the Bridge Church, we want to say a huge thank you. Community care distribution happens at 11 a.m. on Sundays in the back of our church building. Just drive through and pop open the trunk and our friendly team will load groceries for you. If you or anyone you know is in need during this season, we encourage you to come and receive at Community Care. We are here to help. Hey everyone, we're having another outdoor service tonight at 6 p.m. right here on the plaza at the bridge. It's going to be a great time. And if you've never been to one of our outdoor services, you don't want to miss these nights. You can bring your friends, your family members. There's plenty of space for everybody to spread out and have a great time. I know it's hot outside during the day, but in the evening there's plenty of shade and space for you to be comfortable with your family. We want to invite you to come. You might be someone who says, hey, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to get out of my car and be around all the other people. That's just fine. You can tailgate it out in the parking lot. You can even tune in on 88.5 on your FM dial and join the service right there at your car. We would love for you to come. And again, if you have not brought your family and your kids to one of these nights, it's a very family-friendly night. So make your plans to be here tonight at 6 p.m. on the plaza for our outdoor service. We hope to see you here. Our annual Back to School Bash is happening Saturday 8th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We will be giving away 1,000 free backpacks loaded with school supplies for students kinder through 12th grade. Students must be present. This year, our event will be done in a drive-through format, and backpacks and school supplies will be delivered to PARS. 
We will also have an outdoor space set up for free clothing, masks, and social distancing required for those who want to shop. Please help us get the word out to our community that Back to School Bash is happening Saturday, August 8th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. This is the captain speaking. Uh, just about ready to depart. We should be away on schedule in the next couple of minutes or so. Flight time will be 9 hours and 40 minutes. We'll eventually reach a cruising altitude of 35,000. Bridge Youth is continuing in their new series entitled On Location. Join us as we hear messages based on the locations they're preached from. We're so excited to travel to all these different locations and hear the messages that are preached. Join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you want to stay up to date with everything happening in church life, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is the easiest way to get all the info on what's happening from day to day at The Bridge. You can also stay informed by downloading The Bridge app. Just text the keywords The Bridge Church app to 77977. For more general info, log on to our website, thebridgechurch.tv. If you're joining us for the first time and want to find out more about the church, we invite you to go to our website or the Bridge app and click on the Connect tab. There you'll find a digital Connect card where we can help you get plugged in. Just take a moment to fill it out and we'll be happy to connect with you. Thanks again for joining us and here's Pastor Gary with the message for today. Good morning and thank you for joining us for Sunday morning at the Bridge as you allow your house to become God's house. Today, I want to talk to you about a place of rest, a place of rest. And I'm going to open up my heart today and just talk to you about some things that I found to be really important in my own life and my own journey with God through the years. And I hope the things that we share today will help you, especially navigate this unusual season in which we're living. You know, this is probably a, a, a major understatement when I say this, and some of you are going to laugh and shake your heads, but it seems to me that there is a lot of restlessness in our world today. Think about that word, restlessness. There's a lot of restlessness. There's a lot of places in our world today where there seems to be no rest, and a lot of people who are having a hard time finding peace and rest. But I want to talk to you today about a place of rest. You know, our world seems to be demanding right now that all of us fall into this place of worry and fear and concern. But at the same time, God and His Word is inviting us to enter into a place, an abiding place of rest. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, and I don't have time to read it all today. For those of you who love to dig into God's Word, and I would encourage everyone to do this, if you go to the book of Hebrews and start in the middle of chapter 3 and then read on through chapter 4, there's not a lot of verses there, but it really tells this whole story about how we can enter into the rest of God and how some people have missed entering into a place of rest with God. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 says this. Let us therefore be diligent. Diligent. Let us be diligent. Let us make it a priority, be diligent to enter into that place of rest. Lest anyone would fall according to the same example of disobedience. In this passage of scripture... God is using Old Testament Israel for an example. And he's saying in these verses, if you read through Hebrews 3 and 4, that Israel in the Old Testament was delivered from the land of Egypt, from the land of bondage, from slavery. And as I said a few weeks ago, God got the slaves out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of the slaves. And on this journey... 
This generation of people who'd been miraculously delivered by God, who'd seen many, 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 many miracles. This whole generation of people died in the wilderness because they would not believe God. In Hebrews 3 and 4, God called it disobedience. He also called it rebellion. They refused to believe God and the promises he had made to them. So God said this entire generation will never enter into this place of rest. Even though it says in those verses that from the foundation of our world, God has created a place of rest for all of us. But these people could not enter into it because of their unbelief. But yet God says in Hebrews 3 and 4, I want you who trust me to enter into that place of rest. In our restless world today, God wants to lead you and me into an abiding place of rest. With all that's going on around us, in our city, our counties, our state, our nation, our world, with everything going on, God wants us to live in peace and in rest. You know, if you look in Hebrews 3 and 4, that word rest in the original writings, it means a reposing down, a settling into rest. And it literally means to settle down and to abide in a place of rest. God wants us to learn to live in a place of rest. I mean, in context, thinking about Old Testament Israel, can you imagine the restlessness of refusing to believe God, going around in circles for 40 years in the wilderness just waiting to die? What a restless place that would be. What a restless place. But yet today, God says, I want you to know my rest. So today, I want to go back to some really simple, basic principles of faith. And I'm just going to open my heart and share with you for a few moments some things that have been important in my journey with God. We oftentimes here at the bridge quote Hebrews 11:6. without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him who make it a priority to seek him and to walk with him to believe him to walk in his word to live in his word to believe for his promises and pursue those promises in faith god honors that kind of diligent faith you know as we begin our relationship with god the bible tells us we enter into this relationship by grace and through faith it means god extends a promise to save us and by faith, we reach up and we receive it. In the New Testament, the word receive means to reach up and take. We reach up and take what God has extended to us. So we begin our journey with God by grace through faith. But then all the rest of this journey, all the other promises God has made in his word, they all operate under the same principle. God offers it in grace. We reach up and receive it by faith. So today I want to share some things that I hope will encourage you in your faith and your walk with God because our faith matters. It makes a difference. Now, there are some things that are etched in stone with God throughout history. There are some things that God ordains, but in the picture of life with all that happens, God looks for our faith and God honors our faith and God does things by our faith some things never get done because we don't have faith. It's pretty clear in God's word. So having said that, you know, the Bible says at least three times, the just shall live by their faith. It doesn't just say we're justified by faith. It says we continue to live by our faith. So I want to encourage your faith today. And in order to do that, I got to deal with the reality that every one of us has a natural area of life with which our faith tends to struggle. For some, it's physical. For some, it's spiritual. For some, it's material and financial. 
For some, it's family. For some, it's marriage. It's kids. It's parents. It's job. It's employment. Everybody has an area of life where we have a weakness and we tend to struggle with that area of life. And that tends to be the area that keeps us from moving forward and fully trusting God. Now, Paul told Timothy, you need to fight the good fight of faith. There's some things in life that we have to fight for. We have to fight that fight of faith. But not all of us have been fighting, especially in this season. Some of us have listened to all the wrong voices and we're struggling right now. God's about to bring us to a place of rest as we hear his word and let faith arise in our hearts today. I want to begin with an illustration. You say begin, you've already been going a few minutes. Yeah, but I'm just getting started. I want to begin today with, with an illustration. I've shared this once or twice in the last 12 years, uh, but I want to share it again today. When I first went into the ministry at 21 years of age, uh, I was on staff at a church in the state of Oklahoma. And working in this church, there was a man there that I will never forget. His name was Froggy Green. They called him Froggy because this guy, especially after he retired, he spent all of his time, his spare time, out on the lakes and the creeks, fishing and gigging frogs. Now, those of you who say, well, gigging frogs, yeah, frog legs are a delicacy in some parts of the country. So this guy loved to go out at night and take his gig and go frogging, and he got the nickname Froggy. The funny thing was, you know, he was in his 80s, he was a short guy, he was bald-headed, he had a real round head with big bug eyes. He kind of looked like a frog. Froggy Green was his nickname. And Froggy Green was a member of the church there where I served for a season. And he was really a likable guy, but he had this real strong streak in him where he had strong opinions about believing God. And every now and then, back in those days, on a Wednesday night Bible study night, they would have what we called testimony services. They would allow people to share something that God had been doing in their lives. And Froggy had this habit every several months or so, maybe once a year, in a testimony service, Froggy would get up and he would read two or three promises from the Bible. And after reading each promise, he would turn around, and look at the people and he says, you, do you know why God doesn't do that in your life? It's because you don't believe. Real strong. He'd read another promise. You know why God doesn't do that for you? It's because you don't believe. He'd read another promise. And he'd look at people and say, you know why God doesn't do that for you? It's because you don't believe God. Well, somebody one Christmas gave Froggy a Bible. It was a promise Bible. And this promise Bible, you could open it up and thumb through it, and promises were highlighted in, in color. And so this made it really easy for Froggy to jump up during testimony service and just open up his Bible and start thumbing through and just grab a new promise. So one Wednesday night, Froggy got up and he went on his rant. You know why God doesn't do this? You don't believe. And he thumbed through and he found another promise and he read it and he said, God doesn't do that because you don't believe. And then all of a sudden, he ran across a promise that he didn't expect. It's where Jesus said that we would have the ability to tread upon serpents and scorpions and snakes. You see, Froggy spent a lot of time on the lakes and the creeks there in South Oklahoma. And Froggy had developed a major fear of snakes. I mean, he'd go out frogging at night, but he was terrified by snakes. And when Froggy read that promise about treading up on serpents, he shook his head and <clears throat> blinked and swallowed and read it again and shook his head and blinked and swallowed and turned around and looked at the audience and said, I don't believe that one myself. And then he sat down. You can imagine the laughter in the building and how it put a damper on everything else that happened on that Wednesday night. But it proves my point today. Every one of us has an area of life where we struggle in our faith in trusting God in that specific area. And that's not God's plan for us. So I want to dive today into some scriptures that have helped me tremendously through the years in shaping my faith. Every two or three years, I find a different way to come back to these verses. 
But we're going to look at Romans chapter 4. We're going to talk for just a few minutes today about Abraham. Romans tells us that Abraham is considered the father of faith, the father of our faith, the father of the nation of Israel. But for New Testament believers, he's an example, the father of faith for us, how we believe God. It says that Abraham believed God wholeheartedly. He was diligent in his faith and God attributed to that to him, attributed to him for righteousness. God says, Abraham is righteous, not by his works. He wasn't a perfect man. It wasn't his works, it was his faith that he believed God wholeheartedly. And to set this up, for those of you who might not know or just to refresh your memory, God made a promise to Abraham when he was about 75 years of age. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make of you several great nations. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth will someday be blessed. Speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, who would eventually come from his lineage generations later. And God said, I'm going to make of you great nations. You're going to have a son. And from that son of promise, these nations will come. At 75 years of age, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, had no children. She'd not been able to conceive. We don't know exactly what the problem was, but they had no children. 75 years of age. The time of life when maybe you're slowing down. God says, I'm going to give you a son. You've never been able to conceive, Sarah. I'm going to give you a son. Abraham, you've never had the joy of raising that son with your name. But I'm going to give you a son. Abraham and Sarah wrapped their hearts around that, oh, there was a struggle at first. There was some laughter. There were a lot of questions. But Abraham wrapped his heart around that promise of God and diligently said, I will not let go. He did it for a year, two years, three years. Then he turned 80. Then 85. And then 90. 95. The promise was not fulfilled until Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was about 90. Now think about that. At 75 years of age, when you're kind of getting to the age of life where you're not thinking about that anymore for sure. 75 years of age, God said, you're going to have a son. And he believed through the 25 most impossible years of his life. He believed God in spite of what conditions around him were saying. And God delivered the promise. Now I want to show this to you. Romans chapter 4, if Abraham is the father of our faith, if he's the example from which we learn, let's look at some things in this simple passage that we can learn from today that will help us enter into a place of rest. Verse number 18, Romans 4. Speaking of Abraham, it says, Abraham who contrary to hope. Now remember, in the New Testament, the word hope means confidence, expectation. Who contrary to what he should expect, with expectation he believed. Consider those words for a moment. It should have been totally ridiculous for Abraham to believe that he could have a son at 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100 years of age. But yet with expectation through those difficult years, he believed. Goes on to say, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, the promise of God, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19. Here's where I want you to start really dialing in. And not... Being weak in faith. Pause there a moment. Not being weak in faith. Not being weak in faith. From 75 to 100 years old, he never grew weak in his faith. But he found a place of rest in the promise of God. Amazing. Let's read on. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead... Now, his body wasn't dead, but his ability to reproduce was dead. He did not consider his own body's ability to produce, which was dead, since he was about 100 years old, 
and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah had never been able to conceive a child. And now she's 90 years old. It's pretty much impossible. Her womb is dead. Verse 20 says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. And finally, verse 21. And being fully convinced, being fully convinced that what God had promised, God was able to perform. For many years, those verses have been so important to me. In times of challenge, in times of difficulty, oftentimes I've gone to those verses to realize that through 25 impossible years, Abraham believed God's word. He stayed in faith in a place of rest. I want to learn from that today. So let me show you some things real quickly. Abraham would not allow his faith to become weak. He was strong in his faith. He was strong in his faith. Are you strong in your faith today? No, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You spend time praying, reading God's word, studying, speaking what God's word says. It builds your faith. Question is today, is your faith strong? Or have you allowed it to become weak? You see, faith is always built on a promise. God makes promises and it becomes our responsibility to believe that God can do what he promised, things we cannot do. Abraham and Sarah could not do on their own what God had promised, so they had to believe God. Abraham did not allow his faith to become weak. Well, how in the world do you do that? Put yourself in Abraham and Sarah's shoes. How do you not become weak in faith? Well, here's some keys real quickly out of these verses. Number one, Abraham refused to allow natural conditions to outweigh God's promise. You know the old-fashioned scales where you put something on one pan and something else on the other pan to see which outweighs the other? Didn't matter how heavy the conditions of life got. Abraham said, God's promise outweighs the conditions I'm dealing with. What are you dealing with today? What are the conditions of your life? What are they saying to you? What do you think about those conditions? What do you believe about those conditions? And then what does God say about those conditions? What has God promised to you? I can't imagine how miserable life would be for someone who would believe that God could save them, who would believe that 2,000 years ago Jesus died for their sins, he was raised from the dead, ascended back to the Father, and then live a life saying, well, I got my salvation, but that's all there is. Especially when the Word of God is jammed full of promises. How can you believe for that promise that is so ridiculous and yet ignore other promises? That are so obvious. Now Romans 8 says if God would do that for us. Put his own son on a cross to take away our sins. Will he not freely give us all things that we need in this life? But they come in the form of a promise. And we have to learn to wrap our hearts around those promises. And hang on and trust God. And stay and rest in the promise. Letting the promise outweigh the problem letting the promise of God outweigh the natural conditions and situations that we're dealing with everybody faces impossibilities everybody faces in situ uh, situations in life that are so difficult we look at them and we say well there's no way but God says there is a way so which are we going to believe where will we put our trust Abraham said the promise of God outweighs my age, my reproductive abilities, what's going on around me, the fact that I've never had a son. We've tried for years. It's never worked. But God's promise outweighs everything else going on around me. Do you believe that today? Abraham did. You see, had he not refused the natural conditions, 
Had he put his mindset, his confidence, his belief in situations around him, he would have fallen into unbelief and given up on the promise of God. But he did not give up his faith. Number two, the next thing we see is that Abraham refused to allow people to cause him to give up on God's promise. All of us are influenced by somebody. Everybody has an influence in their life. Most of us have several influences, several voices that we hear even when we don't want to hear those voices. You know, when, when God sent messengers to tell Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a son, Sarah laughed. And she was on the other side of the tent and she was like, <laughs> yeah, right. He's 75, I'm 65, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we have to stop listening to voices that are giving us the wrong information. Now, I don't want this to come out wrong, but listen very closely for just a moment. If you're married, your spouse is probably the most influential voice in your life. But I'm going to tell you something. God's word outweighs the voice of the most influential person that you know and trust. God wants you to believe his word. See, it says Abraham did not consider that his own body was unable to produce. He didn't consider that. He said God's promise is greater. It outweighs that. But then he had to deal with his wife because, believe it or not, it took two of them to have a son. And he had to look at his wife and say, she's never been able to conceive. She's 65, 70, 75, 80, 85. She's almost 90 years old. For 25 years, he had to look at her and realize it doesn't matter what her body is saying. God's promise outweighs that. Doesn't matter all the questions she has. It doesn't matter how many times she brings up things that I don't want to talk about. I just want to trust God. But when she brings up those topics, I'm going to stay in faith. Let me tell you something. It's natural, but it's also a plot of the enemy to surround you with voices who want to walk you off of your faith. Abraham said, the word of God outweighs my wife's condition. The word of God outweighs what people tell me. You know, Abraham was a nomad. He moved around a lot. I'm sure he'd go from place to place and they'd say, you have any children? Nope, but I'm going to. Really? Yeah, I'm going to have a son. Really? How old are you? I'm 80. 85, 90, 95. Wait a minute, you're going to have a son? What makes you think you're going to have a son? God said we're going to have a son. But yeah, but your wife, haven't you tried for children? Of course we've been trying for children for many years. And she can't conceive. No, what makes you think she's going to conceive? Because God's word says she's going to conceive. God's made a promise to us. He's given us his word. And God's word outweighs everything else. We've got to let God's word, his promises, outweigh other voices around us you know abraham could have listened to other voices and given up on the promise of god he could have fallen into unbelief fallen out of rest and just given up but he didn't he trusted god third thing says in verse 20 abraham did not waver at the promise of god and fall into unbelief let me put it this way abraham did not waver at the greatness, at the impossibility of God's promise. Isn't it interesting? Sometimes we can believe for little impossibilities, but we can't believe for big impossibilities. And then sometimes we believe for big impossibilities, but we don't believe for little impossibilities. Abraham did not waver when God's promise got more impossible with every passing day. The promise was great it was huge it was unbelievable it was impossible abraham didn't waver in the original writings this word waver means to withdraw abraham never withdrew from god's promise he never backed away from it he stayed close to it he held on to it that word waver also means to to stagger it means to fall off of course. Well, I'm on course, but, oh, I'm not so sure about this. So what happens? I begin to stagger and fall over in the wrong direction. No, he refused to stagger. 
That word waver even means to oppose. Never did Abraham said, God's not going to do it. Let me tell you something. Don't ever oppose the promise of God. Whether it's written or whether it's something the Holy Spirit drops in your heart, don't oppose the promise of God. Don't come against it in unbelief and doubt. Don't say, no, I refuse to believe. Why? Because God considers that disobedience and rebellion. God wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. But God asks us to believe him. Had Abraham wavered at the impossibility and the bigness of God's promise, he would have given up. But he didn't. He stayed on course. And and then the fourth thing, the last thing I want to show you here. Verse 20 also tells us that Abraham kept feeding his faith by praising God. You know, one of the most important things you can do when your faith is being challenged is to go back to the promise, quote the promise, look up to heaven and say, God, I believe you're going to do what you said you would do. Even in this moment when it looks impossible, even when it seems like circumstances say no, voices around me are saying no, it's been a long time and it hasn't come to pass yet and it's really easy to to go right and go left. In those moments when we stop and we begin to praise God for the promise, it's amazing the way God renews our faith. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When we say what God says and we speak what God speaks and we wrap our hearts around us, around it, it encourages us to stay strong in our faith. I think when Abraham got a little weary, I'm going to tell you something. From 75 to 100, I promise you, there were days when he had questions. There were probably some days when he got a little bit weary because this was the area of life that had been impossible for them. In those days, he stopped and went back to the promise and looked to God and said, God, I trust you and I praise you. I don't know how this is going to work, but God, I know you cannot lie. I'm going to continue to believe you. We feed our faith. We strengthen our faith when we praise God and we talk about the promises he's made to us. Had he not fed his faith, he probably would have given up somewhere in that 25-year journey. But he stayed strong in faith. You know, in verse 20, it concludes in there in, in verse 21, and it says that Abraham stayed convinced. Now, I'll put in my own words here. But here's what it says. Abraham stayed. He remained convinced. God promised it. God will perform it. God promised, God will perform. Has God ever made a promise to you that he didn't keep? Do you believe God is a man that he could lie? Do you believe he's like us? We don't always keep our promises. God always keeps his promise. But he expects us to believe him, even in our most difficult days. Even when it seems the conditions around us are trying to bring us to a place of restlessness. God wants to encourage our faith. Because the day of him performing what he promised is just ahead. God performs what he promises. If you can't believe all of God's promises, then you can't believe any of God's promises. If you can't believe all of God's promises, then how do you know that your salvation is secure? How can you believe that one? God wants us to wrap our hearts around everything that he's promised to us. Closing today, maybe maybe you are struggling. When when you talk about faith and when you talk about unbelief, it's really easy to back up and Take that as condemnation. No, this is not condemnation today. It's a word of encouragement to tell you God knows the promises he's made. He's not given up on them. He doesn't want us to give up either. What are you struggling with today? Maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe you're looking at situations or or, or maybe you're dealing with some new circumstances and it's trying to destroy your rest and you're really troubled by all that's going on. 
Today, God wants to bring you to a new, fresh place of faith, which will then take you to a place of rest. It's hard to believe that for 25 years, Abraham, even through all the challenges, all the questions, he demanded that he stayed in a place of faith and rest and trusted God. I believe we can do the same today. Maybe you're not at rest. Maybe there's some crazy things going on. Maybe you're struggling with your faith. The good news is Jesus made us this promise. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he said, Come to me, all you who labor, who are struggling, and you're heavy laden with all these cares. Jesus said, I will give you rest. God's prepared a place of rest. Every generation, every life, every situation of your life, God has a place of rest that we enter, enter into through faith. Hebrews 4, I want to come back and finish here. We started in Hebrews 3 and 4, but I want to read these verses to you. Hebrews 4, verses 10 and 11. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. You know, God created for six days. On the seventh day, he rested. He found a place to rest. God says, if you want to enter into rest, stop fighting, stop struggling, stop fighting the war. Put it in God's hands. Believe him and trust him. Just come to a place of rest. Some of us today need to stop. Just stop and get still. Look at God and look at his promise. Look at his track record. Say, he's never failed me before. He's not going to fail me now. Just lay it at his feet and let him work and believe him and trust him. Stop trying to figure out how God's going to do it. Just believe him and let him be God. In verse 11 of Hebrews 4, it says this. Let us therefore be diligent, diligent, diligent. Let us be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. God says, trust me, believe me. Enter into my rest. See, it's God's responsibility to be God. It's my responsibility to believe God. He'll be God. He'll do what he promised if we believe. We only enter that place of rest through faith. What are you, what are you asking? What are you believing God to do in your life today? Maybe it's been 25 years. Maybe it's been 25 seconds. But in any space of time, if we stand in faith, God will keep his promise. So what promises are you believing today? What has God said he will do? Grab hold of that promise. Do not let go. Stir up your faith. Build your faith. Encourage your faith. Believe God. Today I want to pray. I want to pray two prayers. I want to pray first of all for those of you who are believing for something special from God. I want to pray for you and your faith today. So I want you to join me right now. You know, maybe it's husband and wife. Maybe it's a family. Maybe you as a family or a, 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 in, a, in a marriage. Maybe you're believing for something. Reach over and take your spouse's hand, your family member's hand, your, 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 the person's hand who's there with you, believing with you. Let's agree right now. Father, you're the creator of faith. You're the one who gives us faith from your word. In the DNA of your word, there is faith. God, I pray today that you would encourage our faith. God, there's some people here who are weary, who've got their eyes off of the promise, sitting in their living room right now listening to this, are saying, God, increase my faith. God, get my eyes on you. Help me to be strong in faith. Father, I ask you right now, through your spirit, walk right into that room. Let them sense your presence as you encourage them. And that promise comes alive fresh and anew. 
Let it be new, real, alive in their hearts and their lives. God, encourage our faith. Encourage our faith. We've heard your word today, what Abraham did. Teach us those lessons. Make us strong, not weak. Make us strong in faith. Encourage us today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Then one more prayer. Maybe you've listened to this today and you've thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if God was on my side? I don't have the confidence. I don't have the assurance. I don't have any expectation of what God would do for me because I don't know God. Or maybe you kind of knew God at one time, but you've run away from him. You've abandoned him. You've abandoned your faith. Maybe today you're facing some situations and you're realizing, I need God's help. Can I tell you something? God will meet you right where you are. He put his own son on a cross to pay for your sins so that you could come into his family, so he could put his blessings in your life. He just needs you to accept that grace he's extended, that promise of salvation and a place in his family forever. He asks you to accept that. Wrap your heart around it in faith. Open your life to him. I want to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's not about my magic words. You can use your own words if you want. But take these thoughts. Just say your own words. Let this prayer be yours. Let's ask God to come into our lives. Okay, let's pray. Father, I need you today. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I really need you. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I will trust Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I give you my life. I will follow you. Teach me your ways. Teach me your word. Build my faith. Because I trust you with all of my future eternally. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, that's the most important prayer you ever pray in your entire life. But that's just the beginning of the journey. It's not the end. God's welcoming you into his family. Now he wants to begin to teach you his ways. We've got a little booklet. It's a simple tool, seven days of reading, just short steps. It's a little tool called the next seven days. We want to give it to you. Right now on your screen, there's information that tells you how you can get that booklet. It's just simple stuff, just little principles about how much God loves you and what he wants to do in your life and how you begin to build this relationship with God. We want to give it to you free of charge, no strings attached. Just follow the instructions on your screen. God loves you. We love you. Let God be big in your life today. But just before we go, a couple things as we dismiss. As I do pretty much every week, I want to say thank you for your giving, for your faithfulness. We don't get up here and beg for money. God is faithful. God's people are faithful. And I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving. As we navigate this unusual season, God continues to bless you. Some of you are having some challenging times right now. Put God first. Trust him. I promise you, God honors our faithfulness because he's a faithful God. So thanks for your giving today. And then finally, tonight at 6 o'clock, out in our plaza, we have a great service. These services have been exceptional the last several weeks. For those of you who are saying, well, I can't wait till we have church again. We've been having church. Just because you haven't been here doesn't mean the church isn't gathering. God's people are gathering. We'd love for you to join us. If you're a little concerned about being around people, you can sit in your car in the parking lot and listen on FM station. If uh, you want to tailgate in your car, your truck, your hatchback, whatever you might have, your SUV, you can do that. If you want to bring lawn chairs, practice social distancing, that's fine too. We're going to have worship. we got a little something for every age group. And then we're going to teach God's word for a few minutes and worship God. I'm going to tell you something. These nights have been awesome. And you need the fellowship of believers and the presence of God's spirit. So we'll look for you tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks again for joining us for Church Online this morning. If you made a decision to follow Christ this morning, we'd love to get you a free gift called The Next 7 Days. There's instructions right there wherever you're watching, but you can also just DM us on Facebook 
or Instagram the words next seven and we'll get you that free gift. Hey church, don't forget tonight is the outdoor service at 6 p.m. These have been absolutely amazing. We really hope to see you there. Have a great day and a great week. We love you family.